This program is made possible by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back again to Bible Studies with Russ. This is study number 41. We're picking up today in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 40. Remember last time we began looking at the section, uh, looking at the prayer by Jesus in the garden, uh, looking at, as Brother Patterson had titles this, What Happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, we talked about a little bit last time about Christ being sorrowful there in verse 38. We referenced, uh, also discussed his rather, uh, not referenced, but discussed what the cup meant there in verse 39. As we're picking up today, Matthew 26 and verse 40. Uh, Here the Bible says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest, you're, lest you enter into, into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we find in verse 40 that he comes back and the disciples are asleep. Uh, this is a sad thing, thing to think about, considering Christ just said he's sorrowful even to the point of death. Uh, he says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Uh, this temptation could be the temptation maybe to, to just to leave. Um here to, to yield and just not even try to stay awake. He says the spirit indeed is willing, but this flesh is weak. I mean, yes, you want to stay awake, but the flesh is weak. Um, you know, he wants them to stay awake and, and, and wait with him and to, and to be there with him, to be a source of comfort. Uh, verse 42, and again, a second time he went away and praying and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And so, verse 42, again, uh, he prays a second time. He tells the Father, uh, you know, he will do what needs to be done, basically. He says, your will will be done, verse 42. If this cup cannot pass away, I mean, if this cannot be accomplished, uh, except for by doing this, he says, uh, then he will drink it. He says, your will be done. Uh, and he came back, verse 43, he came, he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Uh, that means they were nodding off, right? As we say sometimes, nodding out there, falling asleep. Verse 44, So he left them, went away again, and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is, is, being, is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going, see my betrayer is at hand. Um, well, I do want to back up just a moment here, a second, to look at some other uh, places where this prayer is discussed, but he says in verse 45, "Are you still sleeping and resting?" Meaning, wake up, right? Behold, the hour, the hours at hand, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of into the hands of sinners. Uh, is being means it's happening now. It's about to begin, right? The hour, the time has come. And he says, "Rise, let's be going. See my betrayers at hand." And while he was still speaking, verse 47, behold, Judas, one of the twelve. What happens? He sees he's seeing Judas, right? My betrayers at hand. Now let's back over just a moment before we get into the events in verse 47 and following. I want us also notice here uh, Mark's account. Um, let's see here. If any of them mention him praying and his sweat becoming like uh, drops of blood. Let's see Luke's account. Yes, uh, Luke's account, verse twenty, Luke twenty-two, beginning in verse um, forty-one. 
The Bible says, and he was and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed. So he this is showing where he was, um, where he was, uh, how far he was from from the disciples. Verse thirty nine. Let's back a little bit further. Says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, and as was he as was a custom, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, uh, he he said to them, Pray that you may not enter temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed. Uh, and we know what he said. If this, if Father's your, if it's your, if it's possible, it's cut past from me, right? Um, and so th- this was. He says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as was a custom, meaning this was something he did, he's done before, right? Um, something they probably have done a lot. This is possibly possibly why Peter, or excuse me, not Peter, but Judas knew where to find him. As we'll talk about later in verse uh, 47 of Matthew uh, 26. Um, so he prays. He was drawn from them by a stone throw. He prays to them. Uh, he prays to God there in verse 42. Verse 43 says, And an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. This is Christ, right? He appears to Christ, verse 43. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Some have said that when Christ prayed that his that his the, this his sweat became like drops of blood, they say his sweat actually became drops of blood. I've heard people explain that perhaps the capillaries, I believe that's the correct term, burst and, and maybe his he was literally sweating and and blood was coming into his sweat. I've heard people say that before too. I used to think that idea as well was was one of the possi- or was possible that that was what happened. I don't think that's. I don't really agree with that anymore, um, because it seems like the idea here is not that his sweat became blood, but he is sweating big drops of sweat. Um, we find here in verse uh, forty-four, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down the ground. I mean, he was sweating big drops of sweat profusely sweating that's the idea there uh i don't really i don't i don't believe anymore that he is actually sweating or blood was coming out but his sweat was like drops of blood um i bring that up because luke does record quite a bit more here you know he mentions the angel appearing to christ and strengthening him there in luke 22 and verse 43 you don't get that from matthew's account i don't believe you get that from mark's account either uh, you have the sweat become like drops of blood. You don't get that uh, from Mark's account or from Matthew's. Um, scrolling down through here a little bit more here in Luke. Uh, uh, Luke's account does not record the three times going back and forth, um, but it does say that he, it does say in verse uh, forty-six. Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into, into temptation. And while he was be, uh, still speaking, behold a multitude, uh, behold a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. Verse forty-seven of Luke twenty-two. Um, this also mentions John eighteen. Uh, the and I don't know why this isn't mentioned here. Um, I'm, in my Bible program, it has above this section certain verses where this can be found and it doesn't include john when you go over luke though it includes it i don't know why uh but in, in john 18 looking at verse 1 the bible says and when jesus had spoken these words he went out with his disciples over the brook kidron where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered 
And Jews who betrayed him also knew the place where Jesus often met there with, with his disciples. This goes back to what Luke says in Luke twenty two thirty nine, as was his custom. Judas knew where the garden was. He knew they went there a lot. Um, so what does he do? That's where he finds them. Judas was crazy. I mean, you got to be crazy to betray Christ, but he knew where to find him. Uh, crazy people sometimes are also very intelligent um, in some ways, right? Um, so... For, uh, he also knew the place where Jesus often met, met there with his disciples, John 18, verse 2. Um, I think about all the times, when I read verse 2, I think about all the times they probably had to get up with Christ prior to this and how much different this time was. Um, how many times he met there with, with Christ, the Bible doesn't say. It says in John 18, verse 2, uh, for Jesus often met, with, met there with his disciples. Can you imagine having... <laughs> that quiet time with Christ in this garden, how incredible that would have been. What the things they would discuss, maybe the lessons they would have heard. Um, again, you have these little snippets sometimes you think, man, they did, you know, they did this, they did this. And, but not a lot of great, great detail is, is mentioned there. Uh, and sometimes we wonder why, because we have, we have everything we need. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Peter also reminds us of that as well. God's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But can you imagine what it would have been like to have, maybe think of it as garden devos <laughs> with Christ, um, and how this time, though, was so much different. Um, stay here. You know, you three come here. He encourages them to stay with him. Then you stay here. Then he goes and he falls down and begins praying. A lot different than before, I'm sure. Um, very, very interesting thing to think about these, uh, <laughs> these times they may, they may have had, these times they have the Christ, what they may have been like, you know, we don't know exactly, but, um, I'm sure very, uh, very encouraging and very, uh, thought provoking to say the least as well. Okay. So let's get back to Matthew 26 and we're going to pick up here in verse, uh, in verse 47. So looking at verse 47, the Bible says, And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the, from the chief priests and elders of the people. So think about this for just a second. While he was speaking, this is after he is, as he is concluding, or, you know, he has finished praying there in the garden. And he says here, says here in verse, 20, verse 47, that Judas, one of the twelve, one of those who have been with him for years, possibly here, um, with him, yes, had to be for years. Uh, so it says he came with a great multitude with swords and clubs. And those who came came from the chief priests and elders of the people. And so these these men are sent by uh, religious people, seemingly, uh, to. Come and get Christ. And they come with, the Bible says here, with swords and with clubs. What were they expecting in verse 47? They were expecting violence. Verse 48 says, Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Judas shows a lot of guts or boldness here in verse 48 and 49 he walks right up to him, walks right up to jesus and kisses him 
obviously here being on, on the cheek, obviously, uh, as was a common greeting during that time, and says he says here, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Like, he's just saying hello, like, good to see you almost, right? But Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Here in verse 50. Now, did Jesus know? Yeah. We know that because we saw in verse, because he's, he's mentioned this already before, but in verse 46, he says, my, my betrayer is at hand, and then came Jesus, or then came Judas. Um, so looking at verse 40, verse 50, rather, he says, Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand. Now we know from other accounts, this is Peter, uh, drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Um, and I've heard people talk about this before, and I think it's probably true. I doubt Peter was aiming for the ear. <laughs> he just swung, and that's what he got. Um, but looking at verse 52, But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. So if you start what? If you start pulling out swords and start fighting, that's how people end up dying, right? Um, violence is not the answer, as he, basically as he says here in verse 52. Verse 53, or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? There in verse 53. What Christ is saying here is that if he wants to defend himself, he doesn't need Peter to pull his sword. <laughs> uh, if you're looking at verse 53, he says here, um, twelve legions of angels. Twelve legions is likely somewhere above 72,000 angels. Uh, he could have requested a legion varied between 4,200 to 6,000. Uh, there are so many serving uh, around the throne of God that even 72,000 would hardly be missed. Uh, you think about Daniel 7, verse 10, and Psalm 103, verses 20 and 21. In the same way, Christianity, Christianity is not spread by force, uh, he did not call for the angels. Um, we see here that God's will is taking precedence over power uh this was christ and god were allowing this to happen um verse 54 how then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must that that it must happen thus and so um christ says if you want to you can call angels to, to come but how when how then would the scriptures be fulfilled and so he's not going to because the scriptures need to be fulfilled um Verse 55 says, In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sit daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this was done as scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. So verse 55, he asked them, You come out, and basically what we find here is, even what Christ is saying, all this is taking place so that the scriptures might be fulfilled, that the prophecies might be fulfilled concerning these things. And lastly, in verse 56, the Bible says, Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Um, it is a sad thing to think about. Um, no doubt, fear overcame them. Uh but also we know that he would be, I think also you could say this was also part of uh, prophecy. Because Christ, well Christ himself also mentions that he would, that they would strike the sheep in the, 
the strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, talking about disciples. And so this too is pro- part of prophecy, but it doesn't make it any less sad to think about that as Christ was being taken away to to be uh, tried in his joke of a trial, one of the last things he saw as he was probably being taken away would have been the backs of his disciples. Sad thing to think about. Um, verse 57, going through, uh, let's see here, going through um, 68, Verse 57 through 68, uh, I have a heading here, Jesus is brought before the Sanhedrin. Uh, You can also find this in Mark uh, 14, verses 53 through 65, uh, Luke 22, 66 through 71, and John uh, John 18, 12 through 14, and John 18, 19 through 24. All right, so let's look at this, Matthew 26, verse 57. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Um, John says that they led him first to Ananias, the father-in-law to Caiaphas. This may have been done to, to do him honor, although he may not have been the official high priest. Um, it's amazing that people want certain things done because it's it's an honor or a dishonor if you don't. Um, this was, you know, again... To, to Ananias, the father-in-law to Caiaphas. Um, today, I think about today how sometimes things are done as to prevent dishonoring someone. Uh, Caiaphas, or Ananias was not the high priest. Um, I think about sometimes how we do things because we don't want to dishonor, we don't want to upset someone, and so we, we maybe... Maybe instead of going to the elders first, we go to the preacher. Or maybe instead of going to the preacher, we go to um, the former preacher. Maybe instead of going to, um, you know, one of the going to the preacher, going to the elders, uh, we go to a member who's been there for years and years and years. Um, doesn't this wasn't necessarily wrong? It was done in verse fifty-seven, but I think sometimes we see it applied. We see the same idea done today, and in many cases, it is wrong. Um, you know, elders and and various. You know, just because some, someone had served in a position years in the in the past doesn't mean we should treat we should treat them as if they're still in that position. I'm not saying we we treat them with disrespect, but if someone is not in that position, why would you do that? I think just to make them feel better, right? Uh, like in verse 57, that seems to be idea, the idea here. Uh, as we mentioned here, John, in John 18, verse 13, Ananias was high priest that same year. Uh, he had lost the the official position, but men continued to call him high priest. You know, someone else held the official position, Luke 3, verse 2. If you look at Acts 4, verse 6, where Peter and John defend the preaching of the gospel, the resurrection, both Ananias and Caiaphas are present. The scribes and the elders here compose the Sanhedrin, the great council of the nation. This body of people have to be pretty depraved to be assembled in the night. Because, again, these things, what happens here, none of these things are supposed to happen in the evening. It's like someone being taken to a court at 8 o'clock in the evening. You don't do that. 
<laughs> but they're breaking in going against all kinds of normal procedures. Um, verse 58, but Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with his servants to see uh, the end. Um, this is a real attachment uh, to the master on the part of Peter, but there's also a fear for his personal uh, safety. Uh, Bruce, another commentator, says uh, concerning Peter, more courageous than the rest and yet not courageous enough. Uh, he went back to sea, but yet he still kept a distance. Uh, John says another disciple went with Peter. Most have felt it was John. It seems John went in and then came back to the gate and got Peter. The palace was the hall or middle court area. The end means the end of the trial. They wanted to see what would happen. Verse 59. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death. Now think about this. Think about what verse verse 59 says. The chief priests, religious people, the elders, religious people, and the council. Now remember we said the council... um, is the Sanhedrin, which was composed of scribes and elders, the great council of the nation. All these religious people, what are they doing? They sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death. These are supposed to be religious people. And what are they doing? They don't like Jesus. They don't like his teaching. They don't like what he's been doing. They don't like that he's been calling them out on their hypocrisy. And so what they do, they find people to say things that are false because they want to put him to death. This is similar today to those who, when they hear Bible teaching, they want to, they get upset about it, and so they want to uh, make accusations against elders, or they want to make accusations against the preacher to try to get him fired. Uh, similar idea here, but it's with Christ, and it's not getting him fired, it's they want him dead. Um, you know, we still see similar things today uh, with, among those who call themselves, quote-unquote, Christians. Uh, these men believe themselves to be followers of God. Again, the chief priest, the elders, and the council that is made up, uh, as we said, made up, of, made up of the scribes and elders. Um, all religious people, and they all wanted to find something false to bring against Jesus so they could just put him to death. Verse 60, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none, but at last two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow and said, This fellow said, and I, and I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. So we find here in verse 60 and 61 that um, they found none. It means the stories they brought didn't match. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't even uh, find correct false witnesses, right? Um, many came, but they all had different lies to tell. As the idea that that uh, fits most of this concept, um, verse sixty. But at last, two false witnesses came forward. Uh, they had gotten together with their lie. Uh, verse sixty-one. They're going to accuse Christ of blasphemy. What's going to happen? And they said, "This fellow said, i 'I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days.'" And the high priest arose and said to him, "Do you answer? Do you answer nothing? What is it? What is it? Uh, these men testify against you." But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. <laughs> Has Christ, by more than just words, made it clear that he's the Son of God at this point? Absolutely. Jesus said to him, It is as you said. He just told them. 
Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of, of the power and coming in the clouds of heaven. They're going to see what? They're going to see Christ is going to ascend to the right hand of God after his, after his resurrection. Um, nevertheless means yet or furthermore apart from what I have affirmed, you will see for yourselves. Uh, the power here is obviously God, the mighty or almighty. Jesus one day judged Caiaphas. Uh, um, and we find so uh, we find here that when he says this, this is all it really took for them to basically just finally snap. Verse 65, Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? The answer said, He is deserving of death. Wow. Deserving of death. If, if, if he had been guilty, Leviticus 24, 10-16 would have sentenced him to death by stoning. This power to put someone to death had been taken away by the Romans. The scribes and elders will have to convince the Romans of some wrongdoing. Um, verse 67, uh, Then they spit in his face and beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? And so what they do, they, they just they mock him. They mock him. Um, there's so much more to talk about. I don't want to go any further than that uh, as far as our verses go. But the thing about what happened, they, uh, Judas has betrayed him. They come out to him uh, after his prayer, after ensuing the Lord's Supper, after the prayer. And then Judas comes back with the uh, crowd. Peter... Uh, they, they grab Christ. Uh, Judas gives the sign of by betray- that you know the, the one who I'm gonna kiss is is the one that he kisses Christ, and they grab Christ. Peter snaps, grabs his sword, swings, cuts off. Uh, excuse me, the soldier's ear there. Uh, Christ warns him about doing such things uh, because they'll just end up dying, um, and they carry him away. Uh, the, the disciples flee. He goes before Ananias and into Caiaphas, and he is. Uh, they dig up false charges against him, uh, well, based upon misunderstanding, right? Because <laughs> the temple he was referring to was his body, which is what he said, which is what uh, was clear during that uh, context. In context, there, um, and so they. Charge him with blasphemy, sends him to know he's deserving of death. Then they mock him. And then we find next, uh, that brings us to the end of there in verse 69, where they mock him, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ is the one who struck you. And then next time we'll pick up in verse 69, where we catch back up with Peter and him denying Christ. So we're going to stop there today. I do thank you for being here with me. Hope you enjoyed this Bible study. I hope you'll continue to study along with me. Help you join me again next time as we pick up in Matthew 26 and verse 69 next week. We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Wave Media by visiting us at BibleWaveMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. You can find us not only on Facebook, but you can also can find us on Tumblr. You can also find us on the Twitter alternative known as Telegram and on the Facebook alternative known as MeWe. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening.